Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I, this week, probably for the last time, am Brian. And I, this week, probably forever going forward, am Lizzie. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll be back every week. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> this is the Emo Social Club podcast, the podcast about music and news and media and the arts and theater and opera and <laughs> oh really no i'm adding that in actually uh I'm just add, okay i didn't know you're yeah. such an opera enthusiast well, there's just not a lot going on right now so i don't really have a lot of opera and theater to talk about but um i also under normal circumstances would have very little to talk about with uh theater and opera okay <laughs> to be fair it's not like i'm like oh, i'm hiding the secret opera obsession an opera session if you will uh, I don't know if I like that. I'm writing it down. I'm saving it for later. Okay. Use that joke at parties. Uh, on tonight's episode, we're talking about uh, podcast networks because we found out that a lot of our favorite music podcasts all signed to the same one. And uh, we want to dive a little deeper and talk about that. Uh, we talk a bit about John Boyega and his Star Wars commentary and also, uh, what does it mean to be punk? And should anybody ever give a fuck? And <laughs> the answer <laughs> Those might are surprise all very you. good questions. The answer may surprise you. Uh, we also, of course, give out new music recommendations. And by we, I always mean Lizzie. Uh, but first, before we get into all of that, Lizzie, what's going on with you this week? Nothing too crazy this week, at least for me for once, but I'm going to do a quick shout out to NBC because my brother is going to be on Ultimate Ninja Warrior when this comes out Monday night on September 7th. Oh, shit. Uh, The new season airs. So you can also see me jumping around like a crazy (laughs) person in my living room because they zoomed us in for maximization of social distancing. Maximization. (laughs) Yes. Maximization of social distancing. Uh, so whether or not you watch it, uh, tune in and cheer on uh, hashtag team cam and wear red because that's his favorite color and that's the color we wear. Um, so, yeah, because he is very athletic and can do that type of stuff. And I cannot. <laughs> and then eventually I started filming a how to make your own patches, a.k.a. our patches that we are making for everybody here at the Emo Social Club. Uh, aka cult members and they Uh-oh. can pick those up once i eventually make them but you'll be able to see the process because i haven't seen an updated how to make a diy punk patch video that has come out um and anything less than the last five years fantastic so uh hopefully <laughs> we can get that out um and i'm just reminded how much i hate looking at my face talking and editing it's different when you edit your own voice you don't have to look at your face you gotta get over it (laughs) no and stop making what about you (laughs) what about you brian uh i don't have much going on either uh the twitch streams continue as they have until i get a job they will continue 
going forward that way. Uh, every morning around 11.30 a.m., I'm playing video games. Uh, Monday through Friday, I should say. Saturday, Sunday, I take, you know, it's the days of rest and days of recover oh. from hangovers. Uh, next week, starting Monday, Labor Day, a day of labor, uh, I will be starting the Resident Evil series, starting from Resident Evil Zero, the prequel to Resident Evil 1, based on numbers and how they work. Uh, I'll be playing... Zero, one, two, three, the remakes, four, and then seven, because I cannot be bothered to play five and six. <laughs> We're really uh, just jumping here. Yeah, fuck five and six, though. I've heard they're bad games. Uh, oh, okay. On Thursdays, we have this, obviously. You're hopefully checking us out on the Thursdays, side eye. And on Fridays, uh, we have our DJ happy hour, emo happy hour. Uh, we've been jamming to the bops. We've been trying to promote hypa hypa as hard as we fucking can. We just want to <laughs> make it... no reason other than the fact it's a that bop. it's truly chaotic. It's the greatest song of 2020 in a year it, when we needed great songs. It, it makes people want to disrespect Craig's house, his apartment. Yep. That's all I need. All we needed for you to give need. to you. All we need for you to give back to us. Uh, yeah, come to the streams. We uh, will hopefully be doing some other stuff soon in the future if we plan it. I'm doing a lot of work behind the scenes to get there. So uh, just you fucking wait, you jerks. Uh, if you want to be notified when we go live, if you want to be notified of all the stuff that we're about, we have a Discord full of Discord <laughs> literally it is email social.club slash discord you can also find the link anywhere on any of our social medias uh and let us know in there what you think also join that if you want to get one of those patches because i think that's going to be the main place that we are uh trying to promote those patches and try to send them out to everybody yes they are going to be handmade with my own two hands and my brother because i'm not allowed to use um you gotta stop talking blade. about the shark object thing Anyway, join, <laughs> check us out on Discord, and uh, you'll be notified when we go live from there as well. Uh, but with that, let's get into the news. So when we look at podcasts, uh, there's this thing called Podcast Networks, which I remember asking Brian, and neither of us really knew what the hell that was necessarily. I mean, I understand it from the context of a network, a record label, a group of people that are... I guess working with marketing, managing, helping to progress a podcast. I'm assuming. You, it's you, pretty you tell much, me. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty much that. So what kind of got us thinking about it was that another indie music pod, uh, Fly on the Call, got signed mm -hmm. to the new Sound Talent Media Network, which also has Peer Pleasure and Punk Rock MBA on there as well, and it literally just came out. Like when we were going to post this on Monday, I think it came up about four or five days ago. Yeah. Brand like, spanking new. Everybody was announcing it. I Peer Pleasure, uh, which we both listened to, me and Lizzie have both listened to, they also signed to Equal Vision Records, which is this a weird announcement. Like, what are we, you're signing to a, a network, which kind of made sense. You know, it was a lot of music podcasts. It was like Lizzie mentioned, and then a bunch of bands podcasts and, um, 
it made sense as like, hey, we're we're starting this music podcast network. Uh, we can work with all these musicians and help them to improve the podcast, help them to get guests or whatever. Uh, but then here, pleasure also mentioned they signed to Equal Vision, and that just what, like what. Uh, what? Yeah, that, that's that's the thing I still don't really get because I don't think we've seen podcasts in general sign to like any type of record labels ever, as far as I can think of, honestly. No. So I have no idea like what that entails. Does that mean they get like first dibs on like bands and new releases? That's the only thing I could really think of, honestly. Yeah, aside from, like, I saw that they did a total, like, rebranding. Everything looks different on all their stuff. They have new artwork. Um, and then they put out an episode with Chino of the Deftones. Uh, sorry, Deftones. There's no the in their name. Don't make that mistake. And please don't come at me in the comments. <laughs> there are no comments on a podcast. It's called, <laughs> it's called Twitter. Uh, no, they're they're gonna yeah, and then they have to come at me, and I'm be like, listen, I don't know, I get it. You're like um, mid thirties, early forties, and you're sad about shit. Whatever, step I just off. Wanted to tell you that on your uh, most recent podcast, uh, you you called them the Deftones. I'm sorry, I'm I'm so sorry. It's actually just Deftones. I won't be listening to any other episodes. Thank you. Uh. Yeah, guy who exactly is that guy. <laughs> that guy is out there. That guy lives. Oh, you know he's there. And oh, he that has guy like is 30 waiting. different like Deftones and Metallica and Fugazi and God knows what else shirts. And he just rotates through them. And it's like, hey, dude. Hey, he dude, absolutely you does. good over there? He's, he's not good. He's doing poorly. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> so they did that. They put out that episode. They had like a lot more stuff on Instagram than I've seen. Uh, in the past, they put up a, like, somebody did an animated video of a clip from the episode, which I thought was really interesting that, like, they'd never done that before and somebody had done artwork for it. Um, so I don't know. Clearly, clearly it's something. Clearly it's something that they would do with bands, too. But uh, I wonder, I, I don't know. I wonder what that looks like in the future. I don't. I, yeah, I literally I mean, don't know. I couldn't find anything. Yeah, it's literally. I think this is just a brand new new media, and I think that because when you look at record labels specifically, they kind of have more free reign than like traditional corporate entities that do have like media networks mm -hmm. in general. Because I know that a lot of um, like broadcasting stations have been starting to subsidize and buy smaller like podcast production mm. studios to you know one get reputability and then to be able to be like oh hey we want to produce these other podcasts and then just throw it at whoever's working and just call it a day sure but because of that because they already have certain like higher up monies already allocated certain things and they already have like a business plan and because it's corporate you have to kind of go through like six people to get one fucking answer god damn it it's going to be harder for them to like move around and adjust especially because they also have to think of like overhead mm -hmm. where a lot of these other record labels are so small that their overhead could be pretty non-existent if they're working from home especially right now mm -hmm. or if they have like a small office space where it's only you know maybe them and like five to ten other people compared mm -hmm. to having a whole company that's spread out nationwide where you have at least like anywhere from 60 to 100 people per office that you're in plus you know running everything else so i think that record labels they're kind of like jumping on because they're seeing that people are listening more to podcasts even if everyone even though everyone's at home mm. listenership has been going up 
because also there are people starting to go out or people are starting to have to like commute to work again or work to to school. Yeah. So you're always going to be listening to it. And if you're listening to it and you're listening to that, and then maybe it's like in some weird playlist mix or something, and then it comes onto an equal vision van that you really like right after you finish listening to like peer pleasure or something. And it just kind of goes along with it. People might vibe with that. And that's like kind of a cool experiment. I feel that I think that if we kind of let equal vision kind of be like the test subjects in a way, I feel that at least by the end of the year in like December and probably at the beginning of the new year in 2021 in January, I think that we're going to see a lot more record labels kind of jumping on this ship mm-hmm. to be a hundred percent honest. Yeah, I could see it too. I, um, I wonder a little bit if like, yeah, every company has like a marketing budget, right? And podcasts tend to strike me, especially music podcasts, maybe not ours so much, but, um, We'll get there. It's fine. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. They're, they're, they're very much a marketing wing. Um, even outside of podcasting, let's just say like a show like Hot Ones, you know, is just an interview show. And while it is an interview show and the show itself uh, is to bring guests on, talk about the guests themselves, it is also that you get guests on those episodes when they have something to promote, when there's money that they need to make, basically. Right. Um that's a big thing of it because if you are putting your artists out there to be interviewed on these episodes, on these shows, on whatever, uh, to only when they have something to promote, then of course you have to find these venues. You have to have PR people that can put them on these things. Well, now here's an idea. What if you had a bunch of podcasts? So like, <laughs> What if you found a bunch of different music podcasts that all brought on very similar artists, uh, very similar musicians, and you thereby just created your own marketing wing without the need to go through a PR person and agents to get that person on the thing? This is my first thought when I, when I saw it was that maybe there's just a like there's just a marketing side to it where now we don't have to do this extra step of getting, uh, of getting somebody on an epi- on a podcast on an episode of a, of this show, we just have the shows. We just have the podcasts. Like they're already talking well, to I, musicians anyway, right? And I think because going back to like what exactly is like a podcast network to begin with, is that it's basically your own like PR management firm is like mm-hmm. the easiest way to explain. It's just like, hey, you probably have better access to ad revenue. You have mm-hmm. better access to your own management team so instead of you handling everything you kind of you can decide if you want to handle it obviously depends on whatever network you're at everyone's different but you can be like oh i want these people to be booked and you can communicate that to whoever's doing booking if it's a large enough network Mm -hmm. or you can say hey i would really like to interview these people maybe in like this genre of music and they'd be like oh okay i have those contacts that i can then give to you because you're a part of this new network family grouping Mm -hmm. and then also with ad revenues if you have just that basic branding like if you say hey i'm with equal vision now and like say vans comes up they're like hey we want to be a sponsor and like we'll put a 30 second ad in the middle 
and at the end of every episode and then you figure out pay per click and how much streaming mm. and then numbers and math and I can't do that. Uh, someone else can do that for me, <laughs> which is great about being part of a podcast network. Um, <laughs> you have somebody to do the math for you. <laughs> yes. It's literally all just a bunch of people to do math for you. That's <laughs> You know, that's all I ever wanted in life is someone else to do the math for me that I can't do. <laughs> math is not that hard if you have a calculator. It is hard. <laughs> oh, I, I got the calculator on my phone. But um, it's like that. And then also just like having the credibility and notoriety of your show, too. So that's kind of what it is. It's basically like, hey, I hired a marketing firm mm -hmm. in some ways more than one. It's just for podcasting. So it's like if you take a marketing firm and a record label and you mash it together and it's talking. Yeah. And that, that's what a podcast network is. <laughs> that's and what then, the OB Yeah. <laughs> and then that's how it's made. And then you can also like cross promo on like if that network yeah. has so many other um, pods they probably will just like have a deal with everybody to be like, okay, Hey, you're on here. That means like every other episode you have to promote this other podcast that's on here. And it's usually from what I've kind of heard in other podcasts who are a part of their own podcast network, they will usually promote things that are pretty similar to whatever the genre that they're doing. Yeah. So it won't be like, Oh, Hey, we're doing like, our podcast, the emo social club. And they're like, here's a yeehaw country podcast. It's usually not like that. We have a lot of overlap with the countries. <laughs> the, the countries, country, yeah. The, countries. the yees and the haas. Uh, when I say ye, you say ha. I didn't fucking say ye. Oh my god. <laughs> that was uh, Casey Musgraves at Coachella last year, or is it last year? Yeah, I last year. I don't know. Year. Time's a flat yeah. circle. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. We all live in our own bubble. Sure do. It's fucking great. Oh yeah, but that's what podcast networks are, and it's kind of cool to see the new ways that they're coming out with it and then it also gets you thinking because i know that also shout out to our uh friend of the pod james shotwell he's announced his second season of high notes is coming out in december <laughs> so that's pretty cool but it kind of made me think because while that podcast is a part of holix um mm -hmm. the one of the companies that he's associated with it's interesting to see because say if like we created like other offshoots like we each say like hypothetically we, we each did like our own independent podcast that so wasn't specifically maybe music related but it was something that we liked to do and we were just doing it right then like okay we can obviously put it on the emo social club obviously because why not mm -hmm. you know free promo all around free promo but it's like okay so what happens when you have these other entities? Is that how one would decide to create their own independent podcast network? Because I know, of course, it's going to come up. When I listen to my favorite murder, the podcast, those Karen Calgaroff and Georgia Hartsark, they created their Exactly Night podcast, right? Podcast network. Mm. So that's their own entity. But it only was created, I think, because they each started to say, oh, I want to do my own in, like separate podcast that mm. it wasn't directly with what they were doing on the show. Like one of them like drives around in a car and they talk about whatever the fuck it is with whoever they have as a guest, um, for example. And it's like, well, is that where we may see more independent podcast networks come up? Because I know that they're out there, but I don't feel that a lot of people understand the full benefit of it. Mm. Or I feel that especially right now with how many people have like one lost their fucking jobs. <laughs> right. Uh, because of that pandemic. Please stop looking I think at me people, like that. 
<laughs> I'm not looking at I you. Know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> hey, I'm with you halfway on that at yeah, least. So exactly. I get it. <laughs> like, I think people might have a distrust in like corporations overall in general too, too because there's, you know, shit hitting the fan. Don't yeah. blame you. Good. We're on the same page. I hate them. <laughs> and I think that's why people are going to say like, oh, you know, screw jumping on with somebody unless they're going to offer you something monetarily. Like Joe Rogan signed a huge podcast deal with Spotify mm. and only Spotify carries the Joe Rogan podcast exclusively now because it was like a hundred million dollars, I think. Um, like huge signing. It was a huge amount because it's like the biggest podcast in the world. Like obviously. Yeah. And this, and I know because my dad was listening to it last night. He's like, yeah, you can watch the video on Spotify, too. And I was mm. like, what? So that's, you know, unless they're offering you a lot of money, but then you also have to be like a really good podcast that brings a lot of streaming revenue and like just downloads and everything like that. Right. I think it's going to be a huge new market that I think is going to become well. Let's be honest. Podcasting has become super saturated lately because everyone's one at home. Two, it's really easy <laughs> to own and a MacBook. <laughs> if you right, own a MacBook, you can make a podcast. Actually, if you just own an iPhone now, you can make a podcast. Yeah, I was listening, going through like different murder pods, and I found this one, and it was from I think like an Instagram influencer. I like Terrible. so I'm that person who's like I'm gonna judge a book by its cover, and I do that with fucking everything. And I know it's really can't, bad, but I really like you. that. I really like the podcast where I'm like, oh, that's cute. Let me listen to it. I was like, wow, this is fucking awful. I'm not saying, I'm saying you can do it if you want to do it. But at a certain point, you're going to have to realize if you suck, you got to change. Mm-hmm. You got to put time <laughs> and that's and not me being shitty. It. That's just how it is. <laughs> somebody who's worked in media and a different podcast, that's just, you just have to realize yeah. sometimes you're going to suck. And I think people are just going to get fed up and they just want to be their own bosses. But at the same time, it's gonna become like a huge like popularity contest unfortunately as we've seen with almost anything else that becomes popular especially in media it's like somebody could be really good at what they do but don't get a lot of streams or listeners for whatever the reason Mm -hmm. but if somebody who's popular say somebody in like the music scene who's like really high ranking or they're like really well known in the music community they start doing podcasts, but they don't have, like, the structure. They don't have the format. Maybe they don't have the best voice. Okay, so, some people have, like, a voice for radio. Hi, some people I'm have not. a face for TV. Sometimes you just don't have the voice. Yeah. And you have to, like, accept that. Not Those four <laughs> chairs are not turning around. Oh, wow. For no one. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> So you kind of wow. listen. Sometimes you listen to people's voice, and you're like, please, please, stop. Please stop you can it. do so much better as a voiceover character, <laughs> but not as a podcaster. They're two separate things. <laughs> oh Lord! Um, but I think I think it's going to become like a popularity contest eventually, probably in like the winter, spring, once things start to ramp up a little bit mm-hmm. and people start to get their footing. Whether we're after COVID and have a vaccine, or if we have just kind of adapted and adjusted to the new normal, mm-hmm. whichever it really is, and it's going to be you know, popularity contests. So it's great because it's super accessible. And what you always want for media is for it to be accessible to everybody. However, the negative side of that is, is that there's going to be way too many people in it. And then possibly the people who are producing this content, you know, it could be, it's not very good, but because they have their own personal following, it's going to get bigger. 
or maybe it could even be if you're looking at like news newsy podcasts they mm -hmm. could be spreading fake news or propaganda <laughs> or not, like not accurately reporting not a, yeah an opinion right. podcast not a news podcast exactly and i guess if you were to be on a podcast network you kind of have some checks and balances there so i could understand in the long run if one you get a lot of money go for it i get it two if you kind of don't want to do the legwork and you just want to be the host and you're like yes i'm going to record save my file send it off and somebody else is going to do whatever i type out to do and done that's cool i get it i have gone to school with people who are like that you do you i guess <laughs> <laughs> um but i think i think podcasters are really cool and i'm really interested to see how equal vision is going to work with peer pleasure mm -hmm. and how this one new sound talent media network because i think this is like one of the first ones that is specific to more of like the alternative music scene i know yeah. they do have a couple like outliers of like oh this is just like normal kind of like talk radio type of yeah. jargon i think but i think it's really cool that they're kind of infiltrating this area a little bit more so i really yeah. want to see how it kind of gets worked out because i know there's a lot of a lot a lot of music podcasts <laughs> so i wonder how it's gonna factor out for people like us who are you know we're dangling we're swimming long we'll <laughs> see if if either how if do we, ever we get become up, famous and if, popular <laughs> if Curious. we like either one get picked up we say fuck it and we make our own podcast network or i don't know it could just merge and form into something completely different i yeah. think that's that's the kind of the cool and frustrating thing of new media but it always kind of keeps you on your toes yeah it does even the way you're describing it sounds like a record label so, like, there's a part of me that's like, well, all that Equal Vision did here was see that they are a record label and a podcast is just the new band. So this is my my personal experience with the record label, which wasn't really a label. It was just kind of like some guy who's like, I like these bands. I'm going to put out your music. And then he didn't like that. I didn't like uh, the music video that he did for us. Oh. I was like, that's. Sorry? Is that the one you always play on Fridays? No, 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 no. That oh, was uh, okay. that was before we did that. Um, oh, okay. He did a music video for another song, and I was like, "It's not really our style." Like we were, we were pretty like dark and edgy, and like a lot of our videos were very like dark rooms, and then like lasers. Of course, and as shit. you would in you know the early mid two thousands. Of course, twenty that was twenty eleven, twenty twelve, mid two thousands. Yeah. In two thousand teens, ten thousand teens, ten thousand tens. Oh God! Anyway, don't, don't do that. Don't, ten don't say things like that. Um, <laughs> so in that in that uh, in that in that setup, it was like these are all these bands I like. These are all these artists that I believe in, and I want to help them to get to where they want to go. Um, this was not a like there was no money. Like I wasn't. We weren't getting paid for for being on the label. And uh, we weren't going to necessarily, like, get paid for our music streams, like, through them. You know, it's not like we take this cut of all the stuff you do. It's still you own everything. Still, you're you're in charge of it. But uh, they are just going to help with the marketing, the videos, all this kind of stuff. Uh, basically, all we really got help with was that music video and then getting in the studio uh, with a guy that he knew 
who was which was great. The guy was great, and he I think made us better than we broke up. So it's like, all right, well we can't keep that running, so we might as well just stop being a band. But it, it, but I think in general, you use the fact that you have multiple artists on a label to generate income for the label in order to benefit the label to put more people on the label, basically. I understand that's like I just repeated the same words over and over again, but it's like that's yes. the self-sustaining nature of it. Like you sign a large band, let's say uh, a, 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 a day to remember. And because a date of remember is on your label, you now can have much smaller bands that need a little bit more time to grow to get that opportunity. But a date of remember is bringing in so much money that like you already have enough money to to kind of put into these other bands. So you pay these bands to do these things. You put the money into the investment of creating this band. It's that kind of thing. Part of me thinks that it's like that's exactly the same thing we're doing here. Like, hey, we've got all these big podcasts and we're going to put them all on this network and the network will accumulate some money from ad shares from uh, from uh, just I don't know. I, I don't really know where they're going to make most of their money from. I assume it's all advertising like it's anybody usually ads. Yeah. So if they reach out and they're time, like, yeah. yo, I want we, we, we have this ad. It's going to be put on your show and they just take that ad and then take a certain percentage of the money. They pay out the host. I'm assuming there's a lot less overhead. <laughs> like to being I in would, a, I were doing to a podcast in a band, I, you know? I feel like most people, especially now, they just said, "Fuck it, I'm work from home." So, like, you do have, you live in your home? Yeah, like you you are literally recording this with the same equipment now that you're on a network or a label or whatever. It, it you don't have you don't have to step it up because most people are already listening to the podcast and that as it is. And at the very least, it's like, okay, cool. We now got you a four hundred dollar mic and a, a two hundred dollar interface and go. And that's it. And it's like, you don't need anything else. You still have your same computer or laptop or whatever, like still recording the same way. It's, it's so low overhead to create the actual product. There's more of the product. It's, it's happening weekly or biweekly or whatever the, the frequency of these specific podcasts are. Uh, it's way more often than a band releasing an album. That's for sure. Uh, so I can only imagine that like when you're talking about the resources that are being put into it, the network benefits off benefits off a podcast much more potentially than it will of a, a band. Uh, I just made myself scared for bands, but also you don't need a fucking label podcast might need a network. <laughs> Podca- yeah, exactly. Cause when you are a podcast, again, in an oversaturated market, mm. sometimes maybe it might be better yeah. just to get your, your leg up. But I will say a lot of people are usually pretty hyped to be on a podcast in general because it is still kind of new and exciting for a lot yeah. of people. And it's it's marketing. It's it's chatting with another person, which we all we all, we all that miss. really we all, need. we all need that a lot right now. Um, just to, just and to, plus, it's not like you necessarily always have to look good. Like we obviously we live stream. So we do something you. way different we than a lot great. of people. We look, we look awesome. Is that, my, is that my camera right there? Is that my camera? I look great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what um, our family friend's Seven. daughter. She's like three. She just does this. Seven people <laughs> listening to our podcast are like, "I hate this." These guys got so big like, talking about hate this. talking about these media networks. They're so they're so popular and big. I hate them now. It's like we're not anything, guys. We're we're faking it till we make it. Yeah, uh, we're just here trudging along. If you know some, we don't people, think we're that good looking. Up. Listen, we're decent. 
We are we're doing the work, uh, Lizzie. I, I I see that we're going to talk a little bit here about uh, how one would get onto one uh, if we if we were to want to. So let's let's take us as a hypothetical. If we're like, hey, yes, uh, we want to be on one of these networks, which you know we as a podcast would love to grow, would love to be much bigger than we are. Uh, I don't necessarily know what that means because we are still just doing this out of our rooms here. We now both yeah. have full-fledged studios that are at our respective homes, so that's nice. Yeah, I have. Um, I just got some furniture for it. Yeah. And then every, I said my studio, and my friends were like, did you move? And I'm like, <laughs> when I say studio, I mean the podcast studio in my yeah. parents' home. <laughs> Put some, yeah. So now it's like you're going to host a guest in there or something. No, they'll like, sit here but six feet fucking away from me. That is correct. Safety first. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Wear your mask, everybody, please. Yeah. Please come. Yeah. Uh, please don't talk to us about that shit on Twitter because that's Lizzie and I please don't want to put her through that because it's bullshit. No, please. I, I go through enough bullshit that just by doom scrolling, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so true. All right, Lizzie, let's say that you and I wanted to take the next step in our podcasting adventure. We want to break out of this small town small podcasting oh town that we've been in we're gonna leave and mark start off on our own path and <laughs> i hate this take so this much. adventure so uh let's say oh that that's God. happening how how would we what if what would we be looking to do if uh if if that was the case so this is traditionally and things have changed so i actually like snag this from and I think it was called, let me see, improvepodcast.com. And it kind of details it out. So one of the ways would be your, the number of downloads per episode, which obviously is hugely important. You don't mm -hmm. want to invest in something that isn't getting a lot of downloads, obviously. It would be the same way as being like, are we selling enough of this inventory? No, then we're just not going to put our money how into many streams it are your, How many streams are your albums getting? How many monthly listeners do you have? Like that kind of stuff for a, for a band? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. And then they're saying here that you should have at least a thousand episodes, which again, I think this is a little outdated, but this was like the <laughs> most like concise oh, we are putting and like step-by-self an episode of an hour just to get to oh, that God. number. Could you imagine? All the eight-minute episodes host, are putting out. I don't think you can even host more than 200 like podcast episodes on Spotify. Really? To be 100% honest. 200? I was seeing some people saying that they had to take down because they were hitting the 200 mark and they're like, okay, you have to start removing certain ones. And I'm like, Oh, the Emo social club that. podcast is officially moving to stitcher radio. So we'll Stop. catch you over on. No, we're staying on <laughs> everything that you can find. On on. Everything. We're staying on everything, man. Uh, the other thing is, is uh, the frequency. So how many episodes are you putting out mm. and how frequently? So like us, we usually do one a week. So obviously sometimes we take a week off for whatever the reason. I'm t real tired sometimes. Yeah, sometimes we're just really fucking tired. Real or tired, sometimes yes. I have to go to fucking work. So, I'm just so tired. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I'm old it happens. And I'm tired. <laughs> Listen, I'm mid 20s. Brian's almost dead. I so. feel it, man. There's just nothing yeah. left to do here. <laughs> Keep going. I'm getting excited about us never getting onto a network. <laughs> uh, so, there's also revenue sharing. So,. What the, I just copy and paste this. So it's basically you have to give the percentage of the earned rev revenue to 
the podcast network. So you mm-hmm. have to be making enough money. So ideally, we would be getting some type of money already mm-hmm. in some capacity, not maybe thousands of dollars, obvi- but that would obviously make us more profitable and more Tens of people. dollars. <laughs> Tens of dollars. Tens of monies. Um, but that, it was also be looking at like the oversight. So I'm mm. quoting this control podcast network demands to make sure it doesn't violate any ad partners requirements. Mm. So that's why, like when you have like ads, you, you'll usually ask whoever you're working with to write a script or have bullet points. Yeah. And if they like, you always hear like the hello fresh ones. So say you did hello fresh, but then you had like. What what is it like blue plate or some shit like sure, that? Yeah. If you had like their competitor come to you and say like, "Hey, we want to do like the same thing," you can't do that because that's competitors. Right. So if you had like a podcast network, they would kind of take the care of that for you. If you didn't have that sense, which I <laughs> hope you fucking I do. I mean, read a contract uh, to if not you have do one. that. Please have you know, if there's a contract ever involved, just always have like your family lawyer or somebody who you know in law school. It family seems I feel lawyer. like everyone just decided to go to law school recently because we got time. Good for you. You probably know at least one of them. Hit <laughs> them up. Have them look at the contract. Look at the contract. If you don't have a family lawyer or you're, you know, you don't just know somebody. I don't know. <laughs> always have somebody else look at a contract. Basically, don't just sign. That goes for anything anything that is very true at all times yeah um creative control um usually they'll just let you do whatever within reason so you couldn't like go on and say like i tried hello fresh and it sucks when they're like you know your ad component so they might just try to like read your scripts or ask (laughs) you and do meetings with you to make sure you don't do dumb shit like that that makes (laughs) me think of like you know an alex jones type character just a real monster who's like I feel well, so bad for whoever is like. Could you imagine being Alex's Jones? Like anything, man. But like PR, like he, fucking handler. Like I mean, anyone is, in his family who's related to him, I couldn't imagine. Well, his own family has disowned him. But it's 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 somebody Good. who's doing the things and making the money off of doing those terrible things. Like it's part of the brand. Obviously, I think right. that. Then you would say, like, well, if you had an Alex Jones, but you were advertising for, like, people who were like, well, that guy, like, clearly is an asshole. You wouldn't be like, no, I want to talk to you about HelloFresh. This is uh, really nice. They they serve you food. Anyway, you go check them out. Here's the link. Now, let's talk about why these masks don't actually help and how the coronavirus is faked. It's like that's – then you'd be like, hey, um, we're going to lose that ad. So uh, maybe uh, stop, (laughs) maybe like cut that shit or then you realize like we only want ads that will advertise on a show that talks about that. So it's also like kind of like having a handler in a sense in like the like not in a bad way. Like, oh, I'm like my brother's keeper, some crazy shit like that. It's more of like, oh, hey, don't say head ass shit over here. That's going to ruin your credibility. Unless obviously we know credibility is not your thing. Yeah, as we've seen. Uh, Unless you're with, like, some sort of, like, right or leftist or whatever network. I don't know if there are any. I wouldn't doubt that there are. Please don't listen. (laughs) Please just do your own extensive research. I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just don't stop. Please stop. Just just look at everything. Just spread it out like you're on a conspiracy theory thing and you're like, is this? You know what? This, this, this. Don't start talking a, conspiracy theories, though. Please do not do that. We're not educating people today. You know what? Be smarter. Fuck off. 
what else? What else? What else is there to, uh, to get the on The last you? thing <laughs> is like what I mentioned earlier of like cross promotion. So you can be like, say I'm on like the My Favorite Murder podcast, and they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna talk about this other adjacent." Uh, show they have one with like detectives on it who are like oh i went around and i investigated these old things yeah so they would have you know that smaller show because i think that show's relatively newer i think they only have like a couple seasons out so they would put that smaller show and they would advertise it on their main larger podcast reach mm. so that would also be a good thing so say that uh hypothetically speaking we get on the sand talent media network and punk, they say, okay, punk rock NBA, I need you to put this ad promo for Emo Social Club somewhere in your for you, lineup. We're, We're coming, coming for let's, you. Let's go. We're about to start um, advertising exclusively on your show. That's it. That's Finn it. Finn McKenty, I see you. I know you. <laughs> I want what you got. <laughs> He's sending you a strongly worded email. Finn McKenty somewhere is like, I don't even know this guy. Couldn't really care less. <laughs> Seems fine. I don't know. I guess I'm okay with Ronnie Radke. Oh, God. That's like the only... I've only watched a few uh, videos of Punk Rock NBA, but that was one of them, just to see what he had to say. And actually, he gave some fair points. No, I I, I, I know we've had conversations with a lot of people, too, about it. We get it. We're Yeah, we're not going to get more into this. Finn McKenzie uh, no does more. good videos. Enough said. <laughs> yeah, cool. Anyway, but that's like what you would kind of want to consider when going to a podcast network. So if you kind of want more structure and you're like really taking it seriously, maybe at a certain point you just say, okay, I'm going to just try now the application process. Don't know how that works. I haven't talked to anybody yet who has kind of done so, or yeah. if they had been approached by it. Um, but I assume <laughs> it's kind of like a normal record label. You just kind of send like an inquiry and like your, you know, your media kit essentially or like a press release or something and say hey yeah. this is this what's up let's talk what up Not cool you like what, you like you like what we got going on here at the uh the podcast uh you like that uh that podcast <laughs> you anyway, send it like that i'm not i'm not the person that emails <laughs> in this grouping it's it's <laughs> definitely lizzie who emails it's she's me. the girl who I emails. write nice emails <laughs> i write good emails i'm just you do write good emails i'm not not for this um <laughs> so yeah but maybe that's the podcast that works yeah so maybe you'll see us on one one day um if you're not or downloading maybe we our, make episodes, our own or something uh, i don't know who knows? we Whatever don't have any happens. money to do that we don't i mean i you know i guess you don't need money you can just say it's here i, guess. I mean yeah I, don't know. I really don't know how that works too much either when we figure it out, you'll be the first ones to know. When I'm able to get into one of the MBA business classes, if I'm ever allowed to, then I can tell you. The punk rock MBA? Anyway, oh Finn McKenzie, we're coming for you. Much, much cheaper than the actual tuition MBA. Finn McKenzie, this is your warning. <laughs> Uh, there's a GQ article that came out uh, this week. I believe it was Thursday. So Monday, Thursday. Always got to do that mental math of how many days it's been since we record this. And then Here's how many days it's been until... If we had that podcast network, we wouldn't have to do that. Wouldn't have to do that. The math is wouldn't on the network. So uh, G GQ article with John Boyega, uh, star of The Force Awakens, and other movies that are non-Star Wars. Um, 
I, I, it's always one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I know all the movies you've been in, but it's pretty much just the Marvel or Star Wars movies that I remember. Uh, it's the best I got, man. But uh, so there's an article that John Boyega uh, commented on his place in the Star Wars universe. Uh, he's done. I mean, his movies are done. He's done the three movies he was going to do. So he's no longer under contract to, you know, only speak positively, be nice to your boss, be nice to your uh, intergalactic overlords. So he got to kind of like open up and be free with his words on there. And it's not news that we're breaking that obviously the star Wars universe fans are toxic as all hell and treated, especially the cast members of color like shit and treated them very poorly uh, in internet communities. Uh, Apparently, though they aren't racist, they just don't want Disney and these large companies putting people of color in these movies because of um, not racism, but it must be um, something. It's just it's just definitely not racism. So it's something. Yeah, you know, it, it's I've always heard the argument of, well, we want people to see themselves in it. And it's like, Hey, Hey, you know, there's more people who aren't just white out there. I want to see myself in every movie, not just most of them. Uh, so he comments kind of on this, the backlash that he experienced from doing, uh, from doing the movies and how he received a bunch of hate mail, a bunch of death threats, uh, before the force awakens even came out. And, uh, the story about even the last Jedi was that there was the character, uh, I don't remember the character's name in the movie, but Kelly Marie Tran is the, uh, the actress. Yeah. Rose Rose. That's right. Um, but she, uh, fairly, she had her part in the last movie, uh, fucking Skywalker rise of Skywalker. That's the one, yeah. right? Sure. I didn't see it, it honestly is. as a, as a big star Wars fan. I was like, I went, I'm good. I went by it. myself to the $5 oh, movie boy. theater in the middle of the fucking day. And like every single seat was taken. I had to sit in between wow. like these weird frat bros. And then like these, we- and then like this weird, like dad and son mix thing. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm here for the movie. Thank hey, you. I'm here. Uh, so, so her part was very, reduced in the third film uh after the second film when they just sort of went all out against her character at all having a woman having a woman of color in the movie just sort of made fans go well what the fuck is this i hate it and uh john boyega's commentary is basically to say you knew what to do with uh, character like Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, you knew what to do with your white characters. And so you push them more to the forefront, even though in the first movie you had Finn as a major character and you decided that, no, uh, we don't really know what to do with you. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to blame it on the writers being white or not having resources. I kind of want to put this on the fans and the backlash against the movies and Disney saying we have, these three movies coming out, we have the star Wars trilogy. These are, these are continuations of one of the biggest franchises of all time. We need them to be successful. And so therefore we need to make hard decisions. Uh, but it does seem like Disney couldn't stand up for their characters of color. And they just sort of let them fall by the wayside or push them to the sides while allowing their white characters who are basically just the same fucking characters as every other movie. Uh, comes back to the forefront. 
I don't think it worked. I don't think, I mean, the fact that I didn't see uh, the last movie of a series that I actually really liked, uh, by the way, I'll have the hard, I'll have the hard conversation with you about how the last Jedi and rogue one are the best two star Wars movies of all of them. <laughs> Of all um, of I'm them. glad that you're not an anti Rogue One person. Oh, Rogue I One was one of the best Rogue movies one. of it the was series. Great. Yeah. Yes. One hundred percent. Good. We're on the same yeah. page. Great. Awesome. The Force, the Force we can Awakens. Continue the podcast. Yeah. The Force Awakens is just uh, Episode Four. It's a repeat of that. The prequels are all, you know, boring as fuck. Uh, and the original trilogy is just like it's aged. But I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's like it's right. Aged. It's just aged for what it is compared to yeah. now. Like you go see Star Wars now, and you're like. Holy shit! The visuals you watch like old Star yeah. Wars, and you're like, "Oh, like, cool." The acting oh. is the acting is just what it is, man. Mark Hamill is doing his damnedest, and Mark Hamill became a much better actor. I'm not even talking shit about Mark Hamill. Yeah, no, Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill's fucking great. Yeah, he he really like got better over time. Harrison Ford, Harrison did his Ford. It's you know you he's do, Indiana Jones. He's yeah. great. So, <laughs> I will say that those are the best movies of all of them. And you can hate me for it. I don't really give a shit. But uh, the fact that they are all the same movie and the fact that they just wanted to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, I think leads to this toxicity from fans allowing them to dictate how the movies are run, how the movies are made, what the characters look like, what the people in the movies look like. Uh, And inevitably, that is going to show itself in a racist and sexist way. Uh, And I think John Boyega was very... A smart and be brave to call them out because Disney is considering that Disney seems to think that they are being very woke and they are trying to have as much wokeness in their movies going forward as possible. And uh, he is basically able to call them out on their performative, uh, their, their issue of being performative and not actually living up to the standards that they're setting for themselves. Uh, I think it was pretty good. Uh, I do think it is not surprising at all <laughs> that immediately uh, after this article came out, Disney's like Mandalorian trailer. Here you go. We we've got this new trailer for the Mandalorian. You like that baby and Yoda, like, Guess right? What? There's so many baby Yodas in it. You got this. You like that baby Yoda, right? You uh, like the one we have more. Baby we have Yoda. many baby Yodas. So. <laughs> and then they're like, "Hey, guess what? We also have Mulan, but he's made thirty dollars watching on Disney Plus until December fourth, and it's like, you know what? It comes out <sighs> December fourth. Then <laughs> I'll see you on December fourth. <laughs> I, it comes out December fourth. Then interesting tech and interesting technique. Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. I might watch Mulan. <laughs> I might. I might pay for it. Watch with I'm, a group. Not by yeah, myself. Well, here's the thing too. Can do you rent it and then do you own it, or are you only renting it and then it's like only for a few days? Is the real question here. That's a strong question. I wish it is that I had. I don't think anybody has really answers the answer for, for it either. Please reach out to Lizzie on Twitter if you have the answer to that. I would like to know because I would I did want to see the new Mulan, but I'm upset there's no Mushu. I'm not because he was a uh, wow. He was just a weird stereotype of the movie. I don't know. Yeah. I'm into I'm into the I'm into the fact that he's not in there and there's no music and it's all just like action oriented and making her look like a badass. I mean that's fair too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I really have many more comments on it because I just think John Boyega is generally right about his feelings on characters of color. Um, I know that also when um, when the when Rise of Skywalker came out, he did make a comment as well as I'm blanking on his name, but Poe in the uh, movie Oscar Isaac his real name Oscar Isaac. I knew there's an Oscar and I just didn't know where. Yeah. Um, but 
he they were both like there should have been more of a romance between Poe and Finn yeah. because they showed it as more of a bromance. But every I know fanfare was saying like, oh no, like they're a couple together. And I also know in the previous films too that like it was Finn and Rose. So mm. there was also a lot of like calls of like why can't you make this happen? Like it's kind of ridiculous. And then they cut out the a lesbian kiss scene in Rise of Skywalker originally. I think it's some other countries. Mm, or it was censored and it was very quick anyway like it was during like the reuniting scene near the end and Mm. it was just like a quick i think it's literally like five seconds like you could blink and miss it and Mm. just not pay attention to it and i feel like because of that too they're not listening to the fans who are you know those who are different races and also those who are you know wanting to see more of an expanded relationships going on because like i don't want to spoil it but also star wars has been out those rise of skywalker guess what good guys win bad guys lose and those bad guys can come back at any time they want to because of plot right exactly yeah because star wars the force yeah 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 but when you have fanfare for the two main white characters and there's so much pushing from so many people to couple them together rather than have them individually apart or have them with other people or whatever. And while I definitely, I'm not like a huge fanfare person when it comes to this, but when I saw the ending of it, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of satisfied. And obviously everyone's going to have their own opinion on it. Sure. But when you kind of keep it going towards it, cause it was like, it was there, but then you could tell it was kind of forced. It was there, but it was forced. Sure. Um, which happens a lot that we've seen with um, different, you know, movies and TV shows when it comes to your favorite characters. And while I'm happy with it, obviously it could have gone completely different ways to a hundred percent. And those mm-hmm. characters who fell to the wayside, like Finn, they definitely played it up. Like Finn was going to have like this huge revelation moment and rise of Skywalker. And I'm just kind of sitting there waiting for it to happen. And it pretty much passes you by in the night where you just don't even realize what it is. (laughs) And you just kind of have to like assume. Yeah. And from the first movie, I'm like, oh fuck, like him and Ray are going to have some type of like forced connection or like some weird connection to each other that is going to be like, oh shit, like this is crazy. And like, you just never get it. You just have him yelling Ray, like for most of the fucking movie. (laughs) And that's it. And then you have, they put Rose in the fucking background and like pretty yeah. much forget about her after sh- her and Finn were pretty much the main characters. Yeah. For like one whole ass movie, pretty much. It just like, if you are a dedicated Star Wars fan, you probably would have liked Rise of the Skywalker or the whole series. You know, no way in hell would you not like it. But if you're also somebody who still kind of like looks critically at media and how like representation is, especially now in the last like 10 years, we are still like, especially in the Disney realm, Disney is such a huge conglomerate. Correct. And they are definitely within that fake woke category. They 100%. own all of you. They own fake wokeness. <laughs> they That's are. I mean, yeah. And Trust me, as somebody who has my Disney graduation cap ears behind me right now. Yeah, please don't put them on. <laughs> they are fake. That's for continuity. Could, you just can't wear them. You weren't wearing them in the rest of the episode. You can't put them I on. I know. Them. He he yelled at me last time. I didn't care. Um, but... I didn't give a shit. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't fucking care. <laughs> but that's 
I think Disney is still catering to like, well, we're a wholesome family company. Therefore, we can't like have two dudes together who obviously are like more than bros. Like you can <laughs> tell that it's like the tension between this and this, yeah. you know? Um, and it's the same thing with Rose. It's like, why can't you have Rose in there? Like you, you put her forefront for a good, like, you know, two hours. Why can't mm. we do it again? Like, let's mix everybody together. If the movie is fucking long, we sat through four hours of fucking Harry Potter. We'll do it for Star Wars. We're not incapable. You can it. do that. I can't. I don't care for Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's fine. That's fair. It's just fine. It's fine. I was never a big Harry Potter person until probably like the last 10 years. I, I was like, eh, I don't like it too much. And then I was like, eh, it's okay. See, you're like, you're like 17. You so know like, what, that's, what, that's literally what really, what really turned it for me was Robert Pattinson and what was it? The, the cup one. What's that called? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I never read the Harry Potter books. I, I tried to read the Harry Potter books when I was a kid. And then my great grandma told me that it was of the devil. So I couldn't read it. So there was also then, that. And then you read it harder. <laughs> then you read it I even read it harder. more. Well, I just read Vampire, so really no one really won here. <laughs> no one wins. No God. one wins. If only your parents let you read, read Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, I do think that it is interesting when you look at how a movie like Black Panther uh, was so big for this, this sense of wokeness uh, for Marvel, for Disney, for big superhero movies. Um not to say that that's a bad thing. I, I, I don't necessarily fall into that. Wokeness is a problem. I care if you are doing it for money and performance and not, uh, actually let me take for that actual, back. Like, most everything. Know, humanitarian. Yeah. Most everything is performative. Like you, you can't say that something is performative. You can only say that something is performative without any meaning or in, intent behind it to do something positive. You could just say that it's, it's, performative for the sake of making money and looking good in the public eye, but not being performative to actually do the works that you say you're going to do. So saying that something is performative is not necessarily to say that it's bad because everything inherently is performative if it's for other people. So, and rant on that. Um, but now of course with, with Chadwick Boseman's death, we have to talk about like the impact of having a black superhero on screen for all of these kids of color who are watching this happen and saying, I can do this too. And then you have a movie like star Wars, same parent company, same general, like, like, like release thing and, and, and story writing and all that. And for some reason you're like, well, it's different because of the fandom or it's different because of this. And like, I, I, I don't see the value in that kind of argument from the same company that says, Chadwick Boseman really changed the the world with making Black Panther and also Finn just like you you are we don't need John Boyega we don't need Finn like that's fine we'll just put them to the side while we while we elevate the white characters in Star Wars and that's where I think Disney's being a bit performative right now not to say that we shouldn't be celebrating Chadwick Boseman because oh god that was really sad and that sucks but uh certainly they should be aware that there is a double standard there where, how they're treating their, uh, their characters who are of color and their characters who are female. Uh, I'm not, not even getting into the fact there's no one non-binary and there's no one, uh, in uh, same sex relationships. So at the very least, let's just get into the part where it's like, Hey, you should promote your characters of color and make them 
more of a prominent fixture in your movies. And maybe eventually we'll get to the part where like two people who are the same gender uh, kiss one another. So I'll, I'll allow you to take that time to get there real slowly over your 90 fucking years of existence on this goddamn media planet. You goddamn mouse ears. And as we try to do every week, uh, we, parentheses, Lizzie, has some new new music recommendations for you. Yeah, words are hard. It's okay. I'm crushing them, though. Crushing those words. Love it. Well, if you want to stop uh, speaking like you're in cursive, uh, also, if you like cursive <laughs> and or if you like pop, you're probably going to be into the Big Easy. They're a new band with their new single coming out it's all fun which comes out tomorrow on september 8th but we do have a snippet here thanks to jamie uh no earbuds for letting us play a little bit of it and then they also have a new album coming out in october so if you're definitely looking for a little bit more of like the aggressive kind of beach tone vibe you're definitely gonna like the big easy I would. Also, also, (laughs) fucking the band Bring Me the Horizon put out a new song called Obey featuring Youngblood. I watched the video. It's pretty good. Although Youngblood is consistently just looking like if somebody said, I need a guy who looks like an emo at all times. (laughs) They're like, they're like a cat. It's like a casting director said, I need a guy who looks like one of them emos. And Youngblood is like, yeah, I'll do that. And like young blood is like on his normal life is just like a regular dude. He's just like, you know, just just an actor just who's living, living his life. Living life. Being young blood. Being, being young a blood. Stock photo emo. Exactly. He looks like he's just a fan of the music and and everything. And I'm like, I'm not I'm not shaming you for that. I'm not mad at you for that. I'm just commenting about it. Uh, anyway, Obey is a very good song. The video is great. Uh, go check that one out for sure heavy don't worry guys it's heavy i will say i don't need i'm not a big bringing the horizon fam i listened to it and i was like wow i'm really into this yep. i'm really into it it's a good track it's a really good track so we're gonna go back to the more unknown music we have barely civil which they are in our neighbors upstairs in wisconsin <laughs> i meant to say up north but they're upstairs now get this band Same out of thing. your house it's dude <laughs> Fans to get out of your house. Oh no! But they have a new record coming out actually on Friday, so it's already out. So you should definitely give it a listen. It's called "I'll Figure This Out." Uh, Stereo Gum actually put out an interview that had early streaming access to this album. I listened to it, and it's heavy. It's definitely reminiscent of the uh, old school emo. 
vibes if you're looking for that too. Um, and also just heavy guitars and some good raw vocals. Uh, definitely a really good band. And I know that they also have been doing a lot of like spreading awareness about the um, protests that have been going on up in Kenosha because obviously they're in Wisconsin and they are pretty socially active. And from what I've heard otherwise, they are a band that hits. So I definitely would say go give them a listen. A and then hits. a band that hits. That's all you want sometimes. <laughs> And then uh, the last thing, I actually literally just found this afternoon, the Nova Twins with their song Play Fair. It's two chicks and they have some crazy style. Um, they're both uh, black women in the band and they're just like going like hard rock. Like they just have a guitar and a bass. And it's just like intense. I listen to it. And I'm like, holy shit, this is so good. Hell yeah. So definitely give them a listen because I literally just listened to what they had at like their top flight on Spotify and I am super impressed by them. Um, and I know that they have been doing a couple streams here and there uh, just from what I can gather from social media. So definitely kind of keep out, keep a lookout for it. See what's going on. So what's DIY and what's punk? Because who knows anymore? <laughs> And that is the latest discourse. <laughs> so excited to introduce something that's just like, nothing matters. Who cares? Everybody's just doing whatever they want to do. What's real? What isn't? The whole world is fake. Twitter happened, though, over the weekend. <laughs> Pretty much. So if you follow Laura Jane Grace, um, the front woman for Against Me, you saw that she kind of retweeted this. It was like of an Archie character, Archie the comic character dress up in like punk attire saying you can't be punk and be xenophobic transphobic racist homophobic you know the whole thing mm. and a bunch of people reshared it and i guess some people on twitter had commented otherwise Fantastic. and it's yeah right it's great fucking wonderful fantastic and there was people coming back as of today on friday coming back with the discourse asking what is punk is it an ideology is it a personality is it um a way of life or is it a community which i feel over the last couple of years a lot of people have been saying it's an ideology like you can be punk and you don't have to dress a certain way it's more of like what you're thinking about and what you're doing in your actions which fair get it sure but um, I know there's a lot of people who are saying that we have to drink punk as a community or as a thriving organism that's still growing and evolving because and then I did see a lot of people start to say, OK, but we look at punk and we look at, like, say, Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistol, who is like now a full blown like um, Boris Johnson, Trump type supporter, Fantastic. which is a big hell now. And then we know Fantastic. that Danzig. Danzig, we all know Danzig, is also Mother. like a big Trump supporter, um, which is also a big hell nah. So I think oh, because nah. of those, it's a hell nah. Hell I nah think nah. because there's so many people who are kind of equating that and saying that we're not evolving this punk scene, but also the punk scene is still is expanded, but also has kind of like sectioned itself off in the music industry. Like, I can talk to people who I know who are in the punk music scene here in Chicago and they do not usually interact with people in like the emo pop punk scene here in Chicago. 
and vice versa. So I think it's also talking about how if we want it to be a community, then we have to accept all the music and make it to one big community. Which means, yes, early emo, you can't be your own segregated community anymore. You have to integrate with people and learn how to play fucking nice. And learn to like Fall Out Boy, please. Just Jesus Christ, let us have some fun. Okay, chill. Listen to an evening out with your girlfriend. You'll be fine. You'll be satisfied. I mean, you should. It's a great EP. <laughs> it's just me. But Brian, what do you think about this type of discourse? Because I know that obviously you're off Twitter because there's a bunch of crazy things always going on. And the discourse is one of the most anxiety and stress inducing things to ever be seen on Twitter, especially right now. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I don't give a shit about nothing. Um, there has always been this conversation about music and communities around it and the things that pop up around it. And then as soon as the community exists and as soon as there are rules, as soon as people are expecting it to be one way, they're like, that's it. This is it. Anybody else who doesn't do this is out. They're not allowed. Can't be a part of it. And that's with everything. That's with, with every possible genre, every possible community that, that builds up around these things. It just ends up being that like you're going to gatekeep. You're going to protect. Uh, I've done it in my younger days when I was like, no, I don't want you to like take the music and take the community that like I hold dear and like make it into this other thing. Like when, uh, back in like 2005, 06, when all the emo bands got really popular on TRL and it's like, I don't want this to be popular. I want it to be my thing. I want it to be part of the community that I'm a part of not realizing that the only reason I even heard my chemical romance is because they were getting popular. It's like, I, you, bro, you wouldn't have heard this band if they weren't popular. You don't do anything. <laughs> you sit on your computer you doing all your downloading. Yeah. So, um, this is not new that people are doing this. This is not something that will change by talking about it on Twitter. <laughs> I can't think of one thing that will change because you talked about it on Twitter. No. So I guess, uh, stop, stop talking about it on Twitter. You're not doing nothing. You're accomplishing 0.0% of anything. Unless you are, I don't know. I, uh, I hate to make broad statements like that, but the point is, is that talking about like where your, your music community is and like holding people accountable for like whether or not this community is correct or not. It's like, it, it doesn't fucking matter, man. Like music is, is completely based on taste. It's completely based on what you're into and what somebody else is into. And then you learn eventually one day that like, Hey, we're just into different things and all of it has its merits and all of it's good or all of it's this. And you know, that, 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 that's fucking it. <laughs> so it's like, what, I don't even know what else there is to talk about on Twitter about all this shit, because it's like, no, like punk rock is what punk rock is to the people who believe that they want to be part of punk rock. That's it. If you're a person who says I like emo and they're like, well, it's not this emo or it's not this emo. It's like, who fucking cares, man? <laughs> like, I like this. It's called emo. People understand it as emo. Words are just words are just context and they're just ways that certain people communicate with one another. They don't actually mean anything and it doesn't actually have any held value that changes because you think it's this and somebody else thinks it's different. Changes no value there. 
as long as the actions are the same, we're good. One of the other primary things people were bringing up was the history and like the context of punk as a genre. And when you really look at it, you do have people who were pioneers like Blondie, who we see more as a pop icon. Mm -hmm. But if you were to look into her backstory and how she came up, it was very DIY punk along with like New York Dolls, for example. Yeah. Sex Pistols is the most generic punk boy band because they yeah. were assembled they were literally by a record label yeah so if you want to talk about what's really punk and what isn't don't look at sex pistols look at like blondie in new york dolls even as much as like i'm not a fan and as much as most people are completely annoyed by her personality madonna was pretty punk during mm -hmm. her time in like the late 70s early 80s when she was trying to get her break in new york city too yeah and we need to look at the ideologies like New York Dolls, we don't know who New York Dolls are. They were very flamboyantly dressed dudes in a like a pop rock band, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that definitely helped with normalizing femininity with men and also dressing. And um, there are certain issues when it came to like, you know, LGBT rights as well. And when we look at punk in that sense, then, yeah we should be more accepting of these things. You should be anyway, because you're a fucking normal human being. Yeah. And we should accept people like that. There's no reason um, to not do that. So when we look at punk, yeah, we have these basis and ethos that came out of it. But when you keep trying to equate it to those who aren't really punk, it's going to throw everything into a fucking head spin. And that's a lot because people don't research the history of punk and you just kind of just roll with it and what you're told. I don't blame you. A lot of people do that with almost any genre. Not everybody is like an ethnomusicologist and they're mm -hmm. just going out reading books about the history of music. It's cool. It's fun. Do it if you want to do it. And you, you probably have the time. You but to learn a little bit more about it. But you Lucy doesn't the have the time to watch the TV shows she needs to watch. So who knows? No, I, you don't. Have time. I don't. I just don't. Um, but that's the big thing, too. And I think as we have to kind of work to dispel, if you want to keep and make a new, diverse and inclusive punk community, we have to look at how are we defining punk now? Is it a community? Is it an ideology? Is it just going to be the traditional music that we hear as punk? Or is it going to be all these other genres, which a lot of people are more open to now, especially when it comes to rap, that we're finally having more open dialogue. Finally. In that retrospect, finally, and people are accepting it a little bit more. I think we need to really just like grip the sound gates on it and say, whatever, if it's punk and they're talking about these things and, you know, they want equality for all and all these other things, that's punk. And then we can define it further as, is it a community? Is it an ideology? How do we go forward from there? And then also in that way, we'll revive it because I feel that it's just been kind of stagnated. It's not flatlined, but mm -hmm. it's stagnated to the point where you're just kind of like, it's a little bit on life support. And yep. you can't really say you're punk by being complicit with how it is. And how there are older punks who 
are now saying things like Johnny Ron, like all these people are snowflakes and all the stuff like that. You have to still kind of be actively fighting against it and being like, hey, no, like this scene and community is supposed to be accepting and not calling people snowflakes. Like you can cry if you need to cry. <laughs> That's pretty it's much just a, a it's pretty fine. easy thing to That's do. That's pretty much, you know, it's don't easy to do. A fucking it's snowflake. Fine. Yeah, just don't do that. It's just rude because, yeah. you know, you'll say something back to them and then they'll be upset and then they don't like, you know, counter arguments. Yeah. You know, hypocrisy runs real deep for some people. <laughs> but I think when it comes to punk, and then they also started getting a DIY, and I said, absolutely fucking not. We no. are not stepping in that no uh, garbage file, fire uh, that is DIY right now. Listen, That's man, a completely other topic. If mm-hmm. DIY is just meaning like I'm doing it on my own, I don't need anybody else's help. Like I don't need a lot of money. I'm just doing all the work because I enjoy the work and I want to make make something successful on my own. It's like, yeah. But, like, that's also, like, I don't know, fucking building computers. That's also, like, all these different things throughout history that have always been people that are just, like, I'm going to do it myself because I'm not, like, if we wanted to make our own podcast network, that's technically DIY. We're just doing everything on our own because we don't want the money from a bigger entity than ourselves. I don't really get where that makes you more special than somebody else. It's just the choice that you're making. If I wanted to make my own job instead of applying to a job, that's the same idea. It's like, I would rather run my own company than join somebody else's company. I don't really understand where that puts you in a holier than thou position in music or in business or in any other realm of, of this sort of thing. Because like a lot, I think a lot of bands that are, are quote unquote DIY are like, well, I, uh, I don't want to be a part of this, this machine. I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be a part of your system, man. And it's like, dude, just your music makes no money. Music doesn't make no money. So like, who cares if you're the guy making no money or if you're the guy making no money? Right. It's like, okay, do you want somebody else to manage you not making money or do you want to just do it on your own? Not making and money? not making like, any hey, money. It really like whatever works for you. Imagine if you were like, I, 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 uh, you know, uh, uh, Dom said like, yeah, I, I decided not to sign or they, they decided not to sign me or whatever. It's like, uh, imagine if you were like constantly being put up for record labels and just chose not to sign because you're like the idea of signing takes away. They won't give me the thing that I want. They won't give me the value that I, that I desire. Totally different story. If you then are, are building up to your own value and that value is monetary, that value is success. That value is whatever it is for you. And you don't have to then pretend that like you're better than everybody else because you did the work on your own, even though you could have done the work with somebody else. I don't know. It's like, I I don't assume that a lot of people who are DIY have a lot of opportunities outside of it. I don't feel like they're pursuing the opportunities outside of it. I feel like it's almost like a fuck you. We don't have to be a part of your thing when it's like, nobody wanted you to be a part of the thing anyway. Like, I don't know. It's Mo- like, hey, nobody was asking you to conform. Yeah. And I understand like the punk attitude behind it of I don't need no need to, you know, I don't need to be a part of the system. Okay, cool. Yeah. Then don't nobody be. was asking you to do it. Like every every movement and everything comes out of something. And it's it's generally organic. It's not usually forced, it's not usually made. It's usually just an organic creation out of something that is occurring, a cultural movement, uh, a a personal movement, just a a societal movement, like whatever it is, like there's something that happens that pushes people into a certain 
realm and they're doing something that they're doing. Maybe they're doing it different. Maybe they're taking influences from something else and they're creating something new out of it. That's all it is. And it's all it ever will be. It will always just be that. Uh, there will always be business. There will always be a market for it. There will always be people who are like, I love the idea of working for other people that I just like, I would love to have a team. I would love to have people that are helping me get to where I want to be. Uh, and I would be fine if they monetize something that is essentially out of a movement. Writing protest music and getting signed to a label does not make you non-DIY. It doesn't make you non-punk. It just means that you have the access to a team, access to resources, access to the ability to do the other things you want to do in order to create the thing that you want to create. And I think this like this argument just comes out of people who don't realize that like music will always grow this way organically. And there will also be people who always want to have the resources. So you do what you do and you feel that you are good doing what you do. And you let the other people who do do what they do for them to do that, to do, to do, to them. It's a lot of do's in there. You know what? Do I, why do I, why? And with that, the news has been given unto you. And that is our episode for this week's episode of this episode of the Emo Social Club podcast episode. <laughs> wow, that's I didn't know how many episodes we had there. Would you care to read that? I'm trying to get us to a thousand episodes in one episode. <laughs> so we can submit to the podcast network. So yeah. you know that that's exactly what we need to be doing. Yeah. yeah. We I think it's I think it's actually just say episode one thousand times. Like, I, you know, I think I'm reading like this a wrong. tongue twister. How yeah. many, how many times can you say episode uh, a thousand minimum to get, uh, on a network anyway. Thank you for checking us out on this week's episode of the emo social club podcast. We appreciate you. We love you as with every week. I'll continue to be Brian. And with every week going forward too, I'm still Lizzie. So goodbye. <laughs> 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 podcast. <laughs>